Now, joining Cody and Gold. Hey, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, let me tell you that. It's your 2022 VinFL Insider. Are his hands going to get any bigger? Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. As a uh, potential future Chiefs fan, we hate the Broncos. All right, let's welcome in Vinny Pasquantino. Before we get to uh, the NFL wildcard weekend and looking ahead to divisional round, Vinny, uh, this Friday, we've got a couple of your teammates joining us uh, out at Rally House on Friday. They're going to be co-hosting the 1 o'clock hour, Michael Massey and MJ Melendez. I feel like you need to give us some scoop, something that we need to have in our back pocket to utilize when we're, we're hosting with these guys. No, I, I got nothing for you. I think you should go into it with me not prepping you. Prepping you. Um, I think that's going to be an awesome awesome event i hope hope a lot of people go and watch those two guys because they're going to be great um i was texting with nick last night told him i was sad that i can't make it um that's just a fact i think it would be a great time and couldn't make it happen this year we'll try to make it happen at some point uh, but, yeah, that'll be a great time with those two characters. I'm glad that you were taking the high road, Vinny, because <laughs> we assumed here that the reason you couldn't make it is because of Nick's comments last week. No, no, no. You know, I was just messing around with my friend Nick. Um, <laughs> you know, we've really turned a page this last week, and uh, we're really excited to begin uh, just a beautiful friendship. There you go. I like that. It's it, That's nice. It's nice that it's heading in a good direction. Vinny, we were – Talking a little bit about the quarterbacks, I want to ask you about some of these games too, but why don't we just give you a couple quarterbacks and you take your best guess of where they end up playing next year. Where do you think Derek Carr ends up? Uh, I think he's got a few options. I, I'm pretty sure he's the favorite to land with the New York Jets, uh, but I think he'll end up either in, in green with New York. I think, depending on what happens in Miami, they may need a quarterback. I doubt it. I know their GM said yesterday that Tua is their guy, and I agree that he's their guy, but if he physically cannot play, they need a guy. Um, I think a random team could be the Texans. It's where his brother was. They need a quarterback. So I think there's a few different options, especially if Sean Payton, I know he interviewed down there, especially if he ends up down there. I think there's a few different spots Derek Carr could go. What about uh, Tom Brady? Will he retire? Will he play for the Bucks? Are you heading to San Francisco? I think he finds his way to Vegas. Uh, I think that's where he wanted to be. And I think he's going to try to find to get back with Josh McDaniels now. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's a single man, so he probably doesn't want to just retire playing football now. He tried that with his family last year. didn't work. Um, so I imagine he's going to keep playing. Vinny, have you thought about playing football till you're 45 or 46? Baseball it is? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I thought a lot about playing football until I'm 45. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a dream of every young man is to play football into their mid-40s. Um, but no, it's funny. We always talk about shelf life of baseball players and it's obviously way less, uh, than football players. But I always joke that I'm basically a dinosaur of last year's rookie class because I was 24. Um, you know, the way things are going, once you hit 30, apparently you can't hit anymore. So, I mean, it's good that these contracts are coming out now. So proven that guys can hit into their thirties, but we always talk about like, man, whew, the way that technology is going and guys throwing harder once you hit like 34 you can't really hit the fastball anymore so you better get your time in while you can but yeah I, my hope is to play for a long time and we'll just see what happens we're talking to Vinny Pasquantino our NFL insider who were you most impressed by though this past weekend that maybe changed your opinion on, on their chances to go on a little bit of run here in the postseason I think kind of the obvious answer would be the Giants um, I know they have to go to the links now and play the Eagles but the Eagles are kind of limping into the playoffs and the Giants are getting healthy. 
and they're getting some momentum on their side. And Daniel Jones, I mean, was he the most impressive quarterback this past weekend of anybody that played? Um, I like the Giants this weekend going into Philly. It's a tough place to play, but, you know, you never know. It's the playoffs. What do you think happens in the Cincinnati and Buffalo game? Obviously, that game that didn't get played a few weeks ago will now be played in Buffalo instead. Do you see either? I mean, do you think it's going to be the game that it's been hyped up to be this season? I do, and the reason I think that is because both quarterbacks didn't look great last week, but they basically got their playoff warm-up game in. So both teams, having played last week, will be able to kind of, hopefully for them, be able to fire on all cylinders and, both quarterbacks will probably be rolling. Um, I'm, I'm looking for a shootout in Buffalo this weekend. And, of course, the Chiefs back at it this weekend at Arrowhead. They're going to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the great comeback against the Chargers. And, and Trevor Lawrence was a completely different quarterback, of course, in the second half. The Chiefs are you know, eight-and-a-half-point favorites for this one. Are, are you concerned at all for KC this week? I think there's always a little bit of concern when it comes to just playoff games in general because you never know a team could get – white hot and you could you know have a few bad turnovers or like unlucky turnovers so to speak so you just never know in a one game in a one game uh playoff but i think you're feeling pretty good as a chiefs fan right now um you've got the jacks who you just you know you beat a few weeks ago you know them a little bit and i in no way would i have been scared of the chargers but i think the chargers are a little bit more unpredictable, which you really never can. You really never know what's going to happen in a playoff game that way. So, you know, you, you play the Jacks this week. You, who would you guys rather play next week, the Bengals or the Bills? Would you rather be at home or have to go to Atlanta? Yeah. I don't want Cincinnati. I think I'd rather yeah. be in Atlanta against Buffalo. Do you think being in Atlanta helps the Chiefs or the Bills more? The Do- Bills. Yeah, the I Bills. think I think it's the Bills in that regard. But I think looking at what Cincinnati's done to Kansas City and, and Joe Burrow, of course, uh, being undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. I think that's in the back of mind for a lot of people. Yeah, so so we're looking for Atlanta uh, next week then. So let's go Chiefs. <laughs> that's right. Now, real quick, Vinny, before we let you go, I saw you, uh, you've you been to a couple hockey games recently. Are you a Kraken fan suddenly? I You mentioned you've been to a couple Kraken games. How's the atmosphere there? Or were you in Chicago for that? Well, so I went to a game in Seattle. That was awesome. That arena is fantastic. They did a great job up there. Then I went to a Predators game. And then I went to a Blackhawks game, and it just happened that they were playing the Kraken. So I guess I'm kind of a pseudo Kraken fan, but if we could just go ahead and bring the NHL to Kansas City, um, I'll immediately just become whatever team they bring. You've been jet-setting anywhere. I saw you're going to the Royal Rumble too, Vinny. Yep, I will be at the Royal Rumble in two weeks. I could not be more excited. Like We talked about the Jets game earlier this year when I went there. Going to the Royal Rumble is going to be something, and I really think The Rock is going to be there. And if I see the rock in person, I'm just going to freak out. <laughs> Are do you, have you, I guess, have you ever considered a wrestling name for yourself? Was this something you had gone into? Uh, no, never, never thought of a, uh, of a wrestling name. I have, I have a few fake names, uh, in the in my back pocket whenever I need them. So, so I've got those always, maybe one of those would work. Uh, but no, no, I think I would just be, you know, I just have a solid name, and I would just be a powerhouse WWE champion. <laughs> so you're really, so you're really into wrestling, though. This isn't just like your childhood. Are you still into it? And more so, my childhood. Um, like I, I'm trying to follow what's going on right now, so I'm aware of what happens when I'm at the Royal Rumble. Um, I still like loosely follow it. Would be the best way to describe it.
NFL and WWE. Inside. Yeah, who, who knew? Vinny Pasquatino, appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll check in next week. Hopefully, we'll be talking about an AFC title game. Yep, that's right. Let's go. Come on, Chiefs. There we go. Vinny Pasquantino joining us here on Cody and Gold. And him and Nick squashed his beef. It sounds like everybody's on the same page now. So that's what happened. Nick squashed the the little bit of beef with Vinny, but now you two, you and Nick, Cody and Nick, you guys got some some tension going on. So I don't know. He moved it over to you now. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy what can happen, Alex, when two rational, sane adults yeah. can just sit down and have like a normal conversation. So you're saying that you guys can't. So which part of this? Oh, I is- didn't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you? Is that what you thought yeah, I was it saying? Like you're oh, saying that, that you well, don't no. think both you two are are able to do that's that? That's not what I said, Cody. Is he saying that you're not capable of that? Well, I mean, if, if that's, that's the implication, he would say that him and Vinny are both rational people. Yeah. That would suggest I am the irrational. I think that's one. what he's suggesting. I mean, if you want to interpret it that way, that is your. Hmm. You know, I can't control how you perceive my words. What would help? What would help squash this beef, Nick? What would make you feel better? I don't think there's one specific thing. I think wow. it would be an overall approach to relationships and communication. Just kind of, I don't know, maybe I, this is going to sound harsh, but just like growing up a little bit, you know? Wow. That's, whopper, that's. Whopper, 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 <laughs> junior double. What if you just played that whenever you guys are angry and just you guys will just forget about your anger? Or you'll redirect the anger towards that Whopper commercial. Yeah. No, that's just going to know. Because if you have not heard about these studies that when, if you, like, they've done studies where if you put people in a room where they have to, like, complete a task or, like, a boardroom where they have to come to a decision on something, if you, if the room smells really bad, (laughs) then they're, like, ten times more likely to get into, like, a a heated argument with one another. If the room smells bad? Yeah, because introducing negative elements Mm. to a room makes people more irritable. (laughs) You're saying playing the Whopper commercial. That's what playing that song is (laughs) like to me. That's, like, honestly putting a bag of stinking garbage Hmm. into the room. Interesting. And lighting it on fire. Coming up at uh, at 1145, we're going to head out to Arrowhead. You're going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes right here. On 610 Sports Radio. Tonight, though, there's a huge college basketball game. Sunflower Showdown, KUK State. It's not the top 10 matchup we were hoping for. Two versus 13 still pretty still, good. Still pretty damn good to have both K-State, especially unexpectedly, right? Going into the season, K-State was picked to finish 10th, I think, in the Big 12. And here they are, and they're on the top half of the league. I understand they lost to TCU over the weekend, but still, Jerome Tang is doing an exceptional job with the Wildcats right now. KU is about a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. In this game, we know the atmosphere is going to be nuts there. And I, I thought his comments, Jerome Tank's comments yesterday, were really interesting about the rivalry and how K-State fans should look at their opponent, in this case, of course, the Kansas Jayhawks. My message to our, our students, okay, because that I don't want them to show up to the game and yell and scream, and I don't want our fans to, to show up to the game because they hate the other team, right? I want them to show up because they love Kansas State, right? Our guys, every guy on our roster, they didn't pick this school because they hated somebody else. They picked this school because they love us as a staff. They love this community and they love this university. And I would be real interested to see how we can really change this thing around if our if we're motivated by love, right, rather than by hate. And uh, I just feel, and I know I'm uh, upset some people. I feel like uh, we. The Kansas State community and family allow them to live rent-free in our heads way too much. Okay, this game, it's, it's one game in the conference. If we win, we get one win. 
if we lose, we get one loss. That's it. I, I came to win, try and win a Big 12 championship and win a national championship. Okay, and uh, the year we won the national championship, we split with these guys, right? And so I, I'm that that that's 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 my thing. I, I let, let let's show up to the game because we love Kansas State. Let's show up to every game because we love Kansas State. Let's pack Bramlage and make it the octagon of doom because we love Kansas State, not because we hate somebody else. So that was Jerome saying yesterday, look, rivalries are fun. And with rivalry, there is some, some hate that comes with rivalries. We understand that, whether we're talking about KUMU, KUK State, all on different levels. You go to any other Duke in North Carolina, whatever, right? There, there's certainly hate involved there. I agree with them 100%, though, on the, the idea, though, with the, the whole, you know, letting one school be in your head and living rent-free. Look, that has, that to me, happened for a very long time. As impartial? Very long time. It's yeah. accurate. I'm curious where you're at because people say, oh, you're just a KU alum and all that. But It's accurate. K-State, KU lives rent-free in K-State fans' had 100%, and I think Jerome Tang absolutely is correct there. Look, I think that it goes the opposite way for football probably for years, but in a basketball department, the little brother mentality is very real. Whether K-State fans want to admit that that's existed or not, it very simply has. The one thing I didn't understand is there were people who were critical of Tang for this. I'm not surprised, though. I, you know I that. hear those it's comments. I would like that if I were a K-State fan. Hmm. He's admitting the obvious elephant in the room, which is we've let them live rent-free in our head. He's saying, support us under any circumstance. Let's have this place. Because there's times in K-State's history where it's not a great atmosphere only against Kansas. It can be a difficult place to play. But inside of the Big 12, they don't have that reputation anymore. There are other schools who have a more difficult arena to play in, right? Iowa State always gets that. Not just against Iowa, who doesn't, they don't play all the time, or not just against Kansas or other members of the conference, against anybody. And K-State should probably live, try to recreate that. I don't think that anything in there is unfair. I like what Tang said. Again, they made it, they made it, they made a great hire. It oh, seems fairly obvious is. they made a great hire in K-State. You know, ECU on on Saturday, like he should absolutely be a coach of the year candidate and, and would be my coach of the year. Not obviously in the Big Twelve, duh. I'm talking about national. Coach nationally, of, right? I'm talking now, about yeah. national coach of the year. And certainly, if they get a win tonight, and look, this is going to be, I think, a really close game. It's what every Big Twelve game seemingly has been uh, for KU and for just about everybody. It's the best conference in the country, and the Jayhawks are only two two and a half point favorites on the road tonight. I think this will be a really close game yet again. I just wonder. This about feels K-State's like the one defense. Kansas finally gets got because the big 12 is going to get you a couple of times. We'll see. And I, now they're finally on the road against the top 15 uh, opponent. I kind of feel like this is the one K state gets. I'll yeah, be curious to see K state's defense in this game. That's what I'll, that's my biggest question with them. You know, I heard, uh, I know that there's a lot of K state fans who are unhappy that Tang said this, but if you are unhappy, then I don't really think you are listening to his message. Because you're unhappy because he's asking you to kind of change the way you've gone about being a K-State fan. And if you're saying, no, I'm not going to change that, maybe look in the mirror and ask yourself why this program has struggled to maintain like a consistent level. Because it's not as though K-State's just been a bottom dweller. They have had runs under Bob Huggins, Frank Martin, Bruce. Every coach they've had has had some semblance of success, I guess, unless you went all the way back to Jim Woolridge. And if you're telling yourself, no, we want to keep doing things the way we've been doing, that's fine, but what he's telling you to do is maybe try and rethink like how to build something sustainable instead of just getting up every four years when you happen to have a top 25 team. It's like you can't just solely live fandom on hating one team. 
You have to build something you won't, else. You around won't build it. any. You won't build any consistency doing it that way. You have to build it around other things. Like you can still hate the hell out of that team. There's nothing wrong with that. That should be the team you hate the most. That should be the game you look forward to the most. But you can't build. Like you can't. Like no fandom, not just K State or Kansas. You can't build fandom around just being like I just you. I hate you. Nothing else about this team matters. Just hating that team. From a strictly like, basketball on the court perspective tonight, like, I, I do think if, if Kansas were to win tonight, though, and they were to get to 6-0 and uh, with the win in Manhattan, knowing that they already would have played in Manhattan, to me, there's no way they're not getting at least a share of the Big 12 title if they win tonight. If they start 6-0 and and already would have a win in Manhattan, uh, and what they've done to this point in time, I understand they've been winning close games, 6-0 and in the best conference of the country. To me, a, a share of the Big 12 title is guaranteed with a win tonight. I say I've said that before, and then I feel like every single year the Big Twelve has won or lost in the last two. Well, weeks look, their KU is not going to go undefeated in the conference, no. obviously. So I mean, yes, we'll I think the reason up, why you you might be right is because K State would drop to four and two in conference at that point in time. Like even 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 ignoring the math, I think KU is the only Final Four contender in this conference. That doesn't mean mm. that they're going to run through the Big Twelve, but interesting. I think if you're talking about Texas and Baylor, I think those are still the two. Texas to the me two is teams the right behind team. Kansas. But I don't. I'm never going to take Texas seriously in terms of winning the Big Twelve. Like they have never shown any semblance of consistency over the last decade. So I think you're probably right in just that. I think there is a talent gap bigger uh, between Kansas and the rest of the the Big Twelve than maybe we thought before the season. I wasn't expecting that because the Big Twelve is so good. But I also just think that like that. But it's not top heavy. It's good in that every single team every is ranked team is in the good. top forty. But I don't know if they have another top fifteen team outside of Kansas. They might not. But if you're gonna get Kansas, it's gonna be in your building. Like that, at least I'm sure of. It's not an Allen because nobody ever gets them there because of the talent. But you know what's so weird about that is that when you look back at some of the years. And this is maybe going back like three or four years ago, 2018, the team that went to the final four, they did drop some games at home. What's made Bill, what's made Bill self so successful is that they get those 50, 50 road games so much more frequently than every other team in the big 12. And that yeah. place is going to be rocking oh, yeah. oh, it's gonna be nuts tonight. tonight. It's going to be nuts. And despite Jerome Tang's comments, yeah. they're going to yell bleep KU of course. a yeah. thousand times before the game. And that's perfectly fine. I think what yeah. he was saying was that this can't be our only focus. Yeah. Can we maybe do this more than just the KU game? Can we bring that yeah, level do of intensity? When, do it when Iowa State's at Bramlage as well. Do it when, you know, Texas is in town or whatever. Because you need all your energy against every Big 12 team right now because they're all the same as you. They're all uh, equally as good as you. I'm excited for the game tonight, though. It, is, it, it should be great to, to watch uh, two teams now locally that are in the top 15 in the country. And obviously, K-State offensively has been fantastic. I just question their defense in particular a little bit tonight. Let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. Since we're talking rivalries in, in KU-K-State, why don't we have a little border showdown a little bit as well? Uh, KU and in, in, in Missouri in terms of Kansas and Missouri because there's some new data that came out in the last couple of days, Cody, that... Kansas is one of the top 10 states to drive in. Missouri is 45th. Nick and I live in Kansas. You live in Missouri. Kansas is much worse to drive in. It's crazy because when I drive drive on both. The roads in Missouri are horrific. Okay, if we're talking roads, then you're right. Here's what they rated. If you're talking drivers and their ability to drive, Kansas is much worse. No, no, it's not saying drivers. 
states to drive in. So it's going by rush hour traffic, car theft, auto repair shops, gas prices, maintenance, road quality. I'm going to guess the road quality is where Missouri is getting dinged a little uh, bit. They're not, they're not helping their case there. Yeah, nope. yeah. So the and they t- would have more traffic than Kansas. The, the worst states overall, Hawaii, Washington, Delaware, Rhode Island, Maryland, the best, Iowa, Georgia, Ohio, Oklahoma, North Carolina. Do you find Kansas to be a really enjoyable state to drive in? You just think like, wow, what a treat. No, but I'll tell you this. I know my my shocks in my car a little bit looser after driving to Missouri for a couple times uh, on the weekend. I'll tell you that. What? You're saying like one weekend trip and you think that you were riding a little heavy? Yeah, a couple potholes there. I mean, you come on now. It's a well-documented thing. Well-documented. My stance is very clear. Missouri roads have sucked forever. Missouri roads are much worse than Kansas roads. Kansas drivers are worse than Missouri drivers. That would be my general stance on the matter. Now, the worst drivers are I can't speak to car theft. My car has not been stolen in either state. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You've never had a car stolen? I've not had a car stolen. Nick's never had a car stolen, presumably? I've had a car broken into, never a car stolen. And that would have been in Kansas. It might have been in Kansas. I'm not... We're not here to talk about that. Nick's other favorite state found that Colorado had the highest rate of car thefts. Missouri, fourth highest car theft state in the country. Really? Missouri's the fourth uh, highest car theft? Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah, I was surprised to see that. I, I mean, I have had three Missouri, different siblings uh, have their cars stolen, but but the Miss, two of them were wait, warming wait, wait, them Missouri up. They deserved was 28th, it. Missouri ranked 28th for cost of ownership and maintenance, 29th for traffic, 50th for okay. safety. Can we <laughs> back up a little bit? Can we explore that last comment by Cody? What, what I said I've had three different family members. I said siblings, but it was my dad and two siblings. Yeah, but then you said. Had a car stolen. I said, but two of them were warming up their car in the driveway, so they deserved it. So wait, you deserve to have your car stolen? Well, if you leave your car unlocked, warming up in your it's driveway. It's smart to do that. You're asking for it. I don't know what to tell you. You it's are not, asking to have your def- car stolen. It's definitely not smart to do that. I don't know if I would say, like, you deserve it. You deserve it, but I get what you're saying. Like, what do you expect kind of thing? Like, how do you think this is going to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you meant, I think. (laughs) Someone, oh, here we go. Unbiased from the text line says they agree. They're an Uber driver. Missouri roads suck. They've had to replace their shocks twice in the last year. This is like this is what you accuse me of all the time. He's gonna look at one text and just use it to prove. Oh, his everybody point. else is saying, "Wow, I drive in Kansas every day, and it's an amazing experience." That's not what everyone else now, is saying. In fairness, this text is from a nine one three. It says, "For all Missouri drivers, why the hell do you drive so damn slow?" Safety, sir. Fiftieth rank, fiftieth <laughs> in safety. The state rank fiftieth in safety. All right, that's the trash of the day. Up next, we get to the Chiefs' red half hour and what's happening at the top of the AFC. And don't forget, we're gonna hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes coming up in twenty minutes. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs' red half hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour is brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Coming up in about 12 minutes, we're heading right out to Arrowhead. You're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Uh, coming off the bye week and getting ready to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sure there'll be some questions about you know what's changed from the first time they, of course, played them and, and their thoughts on on that comeback that they saw, as we all know, Patrick Mahomes was uh, he tweeted during the game, and everybody's watching. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence and company comeback. So we'll hear from those guys coming up in just a little bit. Thinking of quarterbacks though, and Trevor Lawrence, one of them. I mean, the four quarterbacks remaining: Burrow, Lawrence, Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Three of the guys we all expect. The eight Not, quarterbacks remaining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's it. The eight quarterbacks remaining in the NFL are all under the age of twenty-nine. 
Patrick Holmes is the second oldest at 27 years old. Everyone else is under 26. So, I mean, the youth movement for the NFL is very real. But I don't think it should be created equal. It's impressive that Trevor Lawrence is in a divisional round game, especially in his second year in the NFL, considering the first one went just so poorly. Not, I think, in his own case, but largely because Urban Meyer is one of the worst NFL coaches of all time. But they got they got past the Chargers team, in which they were trailing significantly. They found their way to win, and I think they're going to lose to the Chiefs this weekend, but we can give predictions more. But I think that Trevor Lawrence, all he represents is the placeholder for the guy who will be there next year. Because... I think we're year two into a 10-year cycle that will include the same three quarterbacks of the final four every year. I think it'll be Burrow, it'll be Allen, it'll be Mahomes, it'll be those three guys, and whoever is to-be-determined fourth quarterback. And I don't really care if you think that Deshaun Watson's going to get it together in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. or it's Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Herbert finally breaks through, or Derek Carr ends up with the Jets and it's them. It's just to-be-determined quarterback in the fourth slot and these three. Because... Even in a year where there were some close upsets, like Cincinnati almost got beat. That's what I'm saying, or man. Buffalo almost got beat. I think I think there'll be the odd year where someone slips through. But the AFC representative for the next eight years is coming from those three. Just over and over again. It's Roethlisberger, Brady, and oh, Peyton so Manning think, all over again. So the AFC screwed. It's just those three all over again. So you think over the next 10 years whoever's going to the Super Bowl, it's going to be one of those three quarterbacks. I think of the next eight years, right? Because I think we're in the middle of a 10-year run. Okay. And the yeah. two have already existed. Over the next eight years, I think that seven Super AFC champs will come from those three guys. And there'll be the one odd year that, like, doesn't matter, whoever. Like, it, it's the Joe Flacco year. Yeah, I mean, it could be Lamar. To... It could be whoever. It could be the team. It could be, the, it could be Derek Carr and the Jets if they got the best roster in the NFL. But it is, it's definitively the oddball year I'll give once. The other seven are coming from those three. I mean, and so I would say it's 4-3-2 most likely. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to say three quarterbacks, it's hard to disagree. You know what I mean? When you're talking about you're talking about three, it's pretty odd that three of the best quarterbacks in the conference aren't doing that. If you told me, like, there's only two, and and then I, then I would push back a little bit because all it would take is one of them to lose, and then suddenly something's weird. Like, thinking that all three are going to be knocked out uh, seems very unlikely. Now, there's scenarios like this year where – Burrow and Allen are going to knock each other out. One of them is getting knocked out this weekend, right? Sure. So there's two. And but then, then one's also advancing we, and one came away if, from the Super Bowl. Assuming the Chiefs take care of business against the Jags, which I think they will a, a, as well. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to say those three, it's probably fair to, to argue that it's going to be over the next 10 years, them 90%, 80% of the time. Honestly, you should just be happy that you're on this side of it because it's going to happen in the AFC again. The NFC will not be like that. Uh, off the top of my head, over the next eight years, it'll be like six different quarterbacks who get to the Super Bowl in the NFC side. Maybe Brock Purdy this year, or Dak Prescott, or Jalen Hurts. But it's not going to be them a huge majority of the time. That's just not how it's going to work over there. The AFC had to do this before. Not that long ago, sadly. So again, the last time the Chiefs were on the outside looking in, they had to watch why those while those three guys just went over and over, over and over and over and over and over again. And you're like, well, then there's just no way to break through. The AFC is borderline a lost cause. I'm not saying teams should treat it that way or verbalize that out loud, but this is this is directly how it's heading. Those two, those three quarterbacks have been in the final four each of the last two years. They represent 75 percent, the the largest percentage they can over the last two years, and I don't think that's going away. There still are to me questions and hurdles, though. At some point, that they'll need to confirm that they can overcome, right? So, like Mahomes has done it already because he's now confirmed he can do it without Tyreek Hill. Can Allen do it without can, Elite? Can, can or... he do? Yeah. Can Can Joe Burrow do it when all of a sudden he doesn't have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd? 
so th- those are like those are questions everybody had when Mahomes lost weapons. So th- those are questions that will need con- and answers confirmed from those guys uh, at some point when they have to broach that. So and we're probably a, a two years away, a year and a half, two years away from that for both. Yeah, but he'll still guys. probably have Jamar Chase. He just won't have I, T Higgins and Tyler. But I still have Jamar Chase. And I it's like much, having Travis Kelsey. And I assume much like Patrick Mahomes being able to have a very good offense and not not very good, but just the best. I assume Joe Burrow will also be able to do that. But that would be the only part I would push back on is like. We, we we don't know 100% yet what that looks like. But what's like your gut tell that? you? Well, my like gut I, says, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. We don't know. But what do you think is really going to happen here? Over the next eight years, how many times do you yeah. think those three quarterbacks are the Super Bowl representative? Yeah, I, well, I guess what I'm saying is if you're giving me three, I don't think it's that crazy, though. Yeah. Like, three, you're not you're saying, saying, yeah, that sounds right. You're not saying, right. like, hey, only two. Th- if you're giving me a choice of three quarterbacks that are three of the best quarterbacks in football, like, well, yeah. Absolutely, it's, it's going to be ninety percent. And we know in the NFC, it's going to be six quarterbacks, right? Over an eight-year period, it's just not going to be the same guys. It's going to be some guy who gets drafted this year by one of the NFC teams. It's going to be. Let's not forget, there's also guys that are going to be over the next ten years that will get drafted. Like there will be oh, another top five, top seven quarterback that enters the league in the next three years. But in that, right? I mean, it's just going to happen. But in that Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger year, it didn't matter. Quarterbacks got drafted. Nobody broke through. Like right, nobody. Cemented yeah, themselves. You would agree we're in a Once different was, era. We're yeah, in a different but, era of quarterback also coming out of college and the way organizations approach that. Like I do think Bryce Young is the real deal. I'm not saying he's going to be a top five quarterback right away, but let's say Bryce Young ends up in the AFC. Suddenly, that's a different. You're saying he's going to be one of the four. What's to say that he ends up? I don't know this, of course, but what's to say he's not going to be just as good as Josh Allen? And then what happens? I know, but like. It just seems so like that's like the same thing as like yeah. the easiest bet on that end is that he won't. Right. But like the easier bet on that end. No, you're right. We don't know. We're assuming that there's going to be nobody else that's going to come close to Allen and Burrow the, over the next 10 years. But to me, it's just, again, it's not that other quarterbacks weren't taken during that time. It's not like other guys weren't taken after Peyton Manning, you know, like whatever. Uh, Carr or Couch or Carson Palmer, who was in the AFC side, or Alex Smith, who was the number one overall pick, right? On the AF, or he was on the NFC, NFC but uh, so it's like, or Jamarcus Russell, he was an AFC quarterback. Like there are, yeah, there's always busts, but you're also Andrew naming, Luck. You're also naming some of the biggest busts in NFL history. No, Jamar- like well, Tim Couch I was, and Jamarcus Russell I was might just, be two of the biggest busts next to Ryan Leaf in NFL history. Honestly, I was just trying to name number one overall pick. Fair enough. Andrew Luck, right? Andrew Luck was great. Never sniffed it. But and guess what happened? But here, that's also the point. Not that I think they're going to retire, but like we all thought Andrew Luck was going to play for 15 years. Randomly, he decided to retire. Like weird things happen. It's, it seems yeah. like that's what's great about sports. We can't predict it. Somebody, unfortunately, it sounds terrible. One of these guys, is a chance, they could have an injury that changes their career. Like stuff happens. Sure. It's weird. It sucks. I, I'm not saying those things, but I just feel like 85% chance at this point, there's just those three for a decade. Then we're going right back through the same AFC cycle we did before. All right, we're going to get a quick break in because coming up next, we're going to head out to Arrowhead and hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes right here on 610 Sports Radio.